Welcome to Talking Not Ranting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. You've dropped in on our current topic series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. And today's episode, Marking the Moment. So let's set the stage. Greg and I have been friends for a long time, and we haven't actually been in the studio together for two weeks. Last week we went uh, original, and I was taping from my home studio, and you uh, called it in. I called it in. It was... It was uh... It was fun to go back there, but it's also great to be back in here. Yeah, it was good that we, uh, I had to remember how to do a bunch of things. So it was kind of cool. And that, you know, I've got some personal equipment that's kind of mobile and we were able to set it up. And uh, uh, the only question I didn't ask you is, were you talking into the phone, like on speaker or were you, did you have a headset in? I think I had a headset. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I was thinking like it was clear, but it was obvious you were on the phone. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Not the same quality for sure, but uh, you know, it's still amazing the quality that you can get from that. It's just not as good for sure. Yeah, it's this is a really good setup here. We actually just spent about twenty five minutes uh, talking to Jordan, uh, the community manager here at Staples Studio uh, Dorval Crossing, and we were having a really good discussion with him about this place and about stuff. Actually, we talked about a lot of stuff: life, love. Loss. That's right. <laughs> I think there might be a new podcast, uh, you know, about love and life and uh, dating and uh, families and uh, also some crime mystery at the end there. There was a, a story that he shared that was kind of interesting as well. So who are you going to do that one with, Greg? Oh, I don't know. I think this is my, <laughs> we'll, we'll have to figure it out. Let's, <laughs> let's figure it out. All right, folks. Uh, we've both been managers for a long time. We have both benefited from other people assisting us in our management development. In every episode, we're going to discuss a situation where we and others have missed the mark. We're going to start at the perspective of the employee, and we're going to discuss how we have observed others successfully manage these situations. And we're always going to have an underlying theme of a good discussion. And Greg, we always have a good discussion. We do. We do. That's for sure. So marking the moment. Many of us have had experiences in both our professional and personal lives where we've had to deal with failure, disappointment, loss, and perhaps grief. Do we have the opportunity at work or in our personal lives to deal with these types of things? You experience a major failure at work and there's no path to deal with it. You get nothing from your boss or your teammates. You don't get the position or recognition for something and you just feel like crap and underappreciated. You experience a personal loss, perhaps someone has passed, and you don't know what to do with that. So what's up with this, Greg? How important is this subject, and how does it affect our relationships and the work environment? Well, you know, it's interesting. I heard a, a, a stat the other day, which was fascinating, and it basically was talking about grief and loss. And it said over COVID, we've had, I think it was like... Uh, a million people, and this is a U.S., but a million people who have died uh, due to COVID. And they, there's an impact circle of nine people surrounding that the death of that person, usually family members and that type of thing who are exposed. So that means that there are at least 9, 000, 9 million people who have experienced a death of a close family member over the past two years. Add on to that illness and sickness and that type of thing, and it just it it it's it goes job losses, job losses. It goes to a whole nother level. So if you think about that, the stat says that there is there are I think it said eighty three percent have experienced some kind of grief and loss over the last three years. So this isn't just a one off thing. Uh, as a manager. 
83% of your people experience something like this, and probably over 50% have experienced something traumatic. Uh, you need to figure out, one, how to be aware of this, um, and how to have access to, to processes and tools that can help support you in those discussions and others in it. But this is a massive spin maker in an organization. Because I don't know about you, but every time I've had a loss, even if it's a, a, a professional loss of a job or a, or, a, or a project that went bad, those are maybe little losses. But big losses, when you talk about some of the things those numbers talk to, uh, that it's it's it creates tremendous ineffectiveness, spin, lack of connectiveness. I mean, it's probably one of the biggest issues that we need to think about, and uh, support others, leaders in helping to support the environments for people to even share, um, but to feel seen and valued. Um, that's the only way you get beyond this. That's the only way people can recover is in community. And if you're not equipped to it and you don't provide the space for it, you're going to be in big trouble. Yeah, I think uh, the key word you said there for me is grief. And grief is a really interesting thing. It shows up when it wants to show up. It shows up in the way that it wants to show up. And it could be a job loss. It could be a major loss at a project or a case or it could be a personal loss. Somebody has, has passed away. And, and you know, these last two and a half years have been very difficult for many, many people. And I do think this is something that sometimes people feel uncomfortable talking about. People haven't uh, had enough experience dealing with it. Uh, hopefully, most companies have uh, EFAP uh, that can help them in these situations. But then again, you got to know about it and you have to make uh, arrangements for it to happen. And and sometimes we'll get into the individual a little later, but it's also people, you know, talking about it to say, hey, listen, I'm, I'm experiencing some issues here or whatever it is. And, and then hopefully as a manager, you know, there's resources around to help you. Not everybody's good at dealing with these things. Not everybody's wired the right way. Not everybody has the right training or the knowledge. But certainly uh, speaking up and, and then taking a look around for resources or opportunities to speak into this. Really, really important. Yeah, and I would go, I would go further and say uh, not everybody. I would say the majority of people aren't equipped to do this. And frankly, um, you know, managers historically were changed were were trained to get results, focus on performance. They're not trained to create spaces for people's mental health uh, to help people support through grief and loss. This is a whole new skill set, and it doesn't mean you have to be an expert, but you better know uh, where to get the expertise, and you have to have some uh, level of empathy, uh, which isn't something that we train our managers in, uh, but it's critical uh, because it's not about solving. I was reading something recently where they're talking about, you know, as a leader, where we tend to have been trained and we think that we're, we're supposed to solve everything. And you can't solve this kind of stuff. What you can do is create the space. You can listen and you can um, support and you can uh, provide, provide some support. But you can't solve it. It's just these aren't solvable things. And that's why I titled the episode Marking the Moment. Right. That's what you have to figure out what to do. Right, right. And often we don't mark the moment we run away from it because we are. Or ignore it. Or ignore it because we're uncomfortable with it. Because loss and pain and grief is is a tough thing, and some of us it's more tough than others. 
So let's uh, talk about a few common sense things that I think will help fill out this idea and, and you know, kind of facilitate a conversation between the two of us regarding this. When there's a failure with your team or a specific team member, have a plan on how to deal with that. Yeah, you know what? We are so busy these days, and it's just the exponential change that's happening, uh, unfortunately, has resulted in us not pausing at the end of a project or at the end of a situation to have reflection. And it doesn't take that much, but there are some cool things that people do. Lots of people do uh, debriefs. Um, lots of people, this number of organizations have wakes. You know, the project's done, we didn't well, let's learn and let go. Um, learning and let go processes where we actually commit to coming together to talk about what worked, what didn't work, but then have some symbolic way of letting it go, you know, and there's all kinds of fun and interesting ways. Uh, I've seen uh, some folks uh, kind of take the project plan, a copy of the project plan and burn it. Some people, you know, kind of walk around the office, we're going to go and, and the, the learning experience. There's all kinds of things that you can do to symbolize um, and let go of something um, in order to move forward. Because it's hard. That loss gets stuck in your head. So how do you um, recognize? You know, there's the thing around failing forward is a term that's used a lot. And the best organizations do that really well. They're not afraid of failure as long as you learn from it and you grow and apply the learnings and in, in you're going forward. Uh, lots of organizations uh, fall into the other area where they, um, they penalize failure uh, or they avoid it altogether with and you don't learn anything from it and it's just a waste of time. The things that I really benefited from, especially in my police time, was when you lost a case or you were doing an investigation and you just hit a dead end and it's like, this isn't going to happen. It was those informal conversations as team members, like what happened at court? What was that? And everybody, everybody was an experienced investigator. So uh, probably what happened is touched other people. And we just have these great conversations and people go, yeah, yeah, I've heard about that before. Tell us more about that. And we'd sit around and just, just gab about it. Mm. And uh, maybe sometimes, you know, you, your investigation has run out of steam and you're going like, this isn't going to work. We just don't know. And those conversations, you know, with other teammates and, and other teams that come around and you just have a really good conversation. It's amazing uh, how many common experiences there are out there. There might be specific differences, but just that, you know, group of seasoned people sitting around going, okay, we're here. We're like, what do you think happened? Oh, what were the alternatives? What, what would you recommend we do in the future? Because this type of thing is going to happen. And those were so helpful. And it's interesting you said there, punishment. I've always been with a group of people that really shied away from like a formal setup, debrief, wake, whatever you called it, because they were always worried about the ramifications of that conversation and mm -hmm. what would happen when they go for annual evaluation mm -hmm. or for a job interview. Mm -hmm. Would this stuff come up and would they be penalized for failing at some point? So I've, I've always been in groups of people that kind of shied away from that, but who embraced, you know, uh, just kind of natural conversation, people gathering around say, what happened in court? Mm. Oh, 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 really? What judge was it? You know, who was the crown attorney? Who was the defense attorney? And people would really get into it and, and, and like understand what's going on and let these people just, you know, all this stuff just, just come off them. And uh, it was really, really helpful. But uh, most of the time, uh, if somebody had 
kind of compelled us to sit in a room and discuss it, it would be a very different conversation. And so I just love these kind of like things that just happen naturally, generically. And I always found a lot of solace in that when, you know, we lost this case. This is what happened. And then we start talking it out and people share their experiences, their insights. And you end up, you know, an hour and a half later going, oh, okay, this is, we fail sometimes. Yeah. You know, and, and thanks, you know, these men and women have come around you and have started talking about it and, you know, wanted to understand, you know, are you okay? And it was very, very helpful. And I think there is something about this uh, more informal approach as well. I mean, I think both can be helpful at certain times. The informal part, what it does, it often provides more of the freedom for people to say what they really think. Because if it becomes more formal, then people do get nervous around what will this be. The risk of that is um, not everybody's able to participate in those conversations sometimes. So you miss the learning across the broader organization. A couple of the best organizations I know have actually, through technology, found a way to capture the insights uh, and also highlight the learnings and the key ideas and the kinds of customer situations that are related to. So what happens is that before you start a project, through technology, you can actually uh, type in what you're looking for and be linked to conversations to help inform you before you start the next thing. And such a powerful thing, you know, because often people move and change. And I might have not tried to, example, pitch something to an organization that failed uh, before, but then a couple years later, I get another chance to pitch. I can go back and learn from the things we did well, the things we do differently. And again, some of those questions can be, you know, even the simple phrases that we've used on the podcast before, what went well, even better if, uh, even if those are the two discussions that are always a part of a project, um, then it's not even a failure. It's not a win. It's always we're looking at what went well, even better if, so it's not bad or good, it's learning. Um, and having some way to uh, capture, share, and access that for future is pretty powerful. Yeah, and I, I think the downside of you know, these uh, kind of informal things that just happen naturally is often the, the manager or leader might not be part of that discussion. So how does the organization learn from that situation right. if they're not there? It's great that the team you know, is getting together and, and, you know, maybe they end up down in the pub or they end up at the coffee shop having this conversation. But how does the institution, you know, the unit, the squad, I'm, I'm t speaking in police terms, how do we learn as an organization if this little group is off there doing a great thing, mm -hmm. great for the participants, mm -hmm. great for the rest of the people, they're all gelling and, mm -hmm. and they're never going to forget this. Because uh, I've had people call me years later and say, you were in that situation. Tell me what happened again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you go, oh, well, this is what happened. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I got one of those calls, like, you know, it's been 13 years since I've been in the police and I got a call in the spring from somebody asking me about something. Yeah. I went, wow, okay. But yeah, that that's, the that's you know, the, the kind of natural thing that happens may exclude some stakeholders that can really take that information and do something with it. Agreed. The next one is whatever you say, make sure you mean it. So if there's a debriefing session, you say, listen, this is just for learning. You know, there's, there's, no, there's no discipline. There's no uh, blockages for, for promotion or anything. We just want to know what happened. You got to mean it. You got to really mean yeah, it. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were talking about a... You listen to another podcast another other podcast. than ours? I okay. do, I okay. do. And this is, a, this is they're describing 
this uh, situation. It was on an oil rig, and there was a major accident that happened. And the leader of the oil rig said, "I want, I want everybody to be honest, because the way we're going to learn is to understand the situation. You got to be honest. We got to create a safe space." And he did all this type of thing. And no one responded. And he really reinforced that he's trying to create the culture and what he wanted to do. And uh, so finally someone had the courage and said, you know, it was, it was me. I, I made this choice and this is why I thought this is what happened. And he fired him. Well, guess what? The culture is going to be like the rest of the way. So to your point, if you are going to create a safe, brave space that people actually have the opportunity to bring those ideas and thoughts and learn from it, um, you better live it. Um, and you know, if, if someone is continuing to make the same mistake over and over again and really isn't learning and growing from it, that's a whole different conversation, but you know, uh, don't do what the oil rig leader did. I'm going to skip one of the points I have written down here because I'm going to reinforce what Mm -hmm. you just said and then go back to the previous one. It's easy for people to lose trust in you. Be mindful and careful. Yeah. And you know, we're all human, right? So sometimes in the heat of the moment, we're going to, uh, we can blow up. We can say some things with regards to it. Some of the best leaders that I've, I have seen are ones that are real. They blow up and then they pull folks back together and said, you know what? I blew up. Um, I was caught up in the moment. I shouldn't have done that. I apologize, Alistair, for, for in the heat of the moment. You know, I said we were going to commit to this and, and uh, this is what I want to do. So please come back. Recovery can be really, really powerful if you're vulnerable, uh, accept responsibility, and move on it. But when you don't, trust dribbles away pretty fast. And the one I skipped over was if the loss is somebody doesn't get a promotion. So there's nothing else around this this point. It's just that you don't get a promotion. Mm. If someone doesn't get the promotion, make sure you say why and what, if any, path there is in moving forward. Quite often, some of the grief that I've had to deal with as a, as, a, as a manager is when people don't get promoted and you have to have a conversation with them about it. Now, sometimes it's out of your control, but you know, people want to know, well, why didn't I get it? Why am I not good enough? And if I'm not, how am I supposed to get there? Those are the questions that I always got when somebody didn't get promoted. Yeah, and this is coming back to what we've said in a number of the podcasts is know your people. Because the other one I would say is that sometimes people don't get the promotion but didn't even apply, and they just assumed they were going to be selected with regards to it, and then it spins out of control. So again, know your people, know what they want, know what they need, and be honest, respectfully direct with them with regards to it. If they didn't get it, uh, help them understand the why and the what they need to do in order to get the next one. Or if they aren't ever ca- going to be capable to do it, better to have that tough conversation because people respect that that honesty. They won't be happy at the moment, but at least they know that you've been honest and straightforward right. with them. Right. And you know what? Sometimes it is things out of your control. We don't have the money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We yeah. don't have the money. And I yeah. think we've talked about this in a previous podcast where, you know, if you don't have the money, then what can you give them laterally Yeah, to acknowledge their skill, their experience, and, and just what they've brought to the company? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we must deal with stuff. We have to mark the moment with a conversation or something demonstrative. There has to be something that we can do to acknowledge the pain that somebody's in and the loss that they've experienced. Yeah, and you know, even if it's a pain that we don't really understand, right? Yeah. So um, uh, I was listening to... Um, Brené Brown the other day, and she had a couple of great people on, and they were talking about 
um, some of the racial things that were happening in the states. George uh, um, Floyd. Floyd. George Floyd, and in particular, one uh, older white leader didn't know what to do. And he was trying to create a safe space that people could acknowledge what was going on. And he simply said in that conversation, all he has to say is that he said, well, I, I just want to create a safe space. So she said, what do you say? And he said, well, what I was thinking of just saying was, I know this is hard and there's a lot of stress that's going on with regards to it. And I acknowledge that and think we should have a conversation. I don't, I think it was the George Floyd situation. And so you can't solve it. And again, managers think they can solve things and whatever, whether it's that, whether it's uh, whether it's a, a shooting in a different area, whether whatever that might be that people are, you know, is might not even be local, but you know that it's impacting uh, parts of your organization acknowledging it and creating space for a dialogue around it, even if it's one-on-one -on -one or if it's, that's what you can do. Um, because if you don't, it just buries and it churns and it creates all the issues. So whatever that issue is, um, um, acknowledge it, uh, acknowledge that you don't know what to do and create space for, for people to um, talk about it. And figure out what someone needs when they experience a personal loss. How can you help them mark the moment? It is more than a single moment thing. Uh, I've, I've worked like a, years and years and years. And, and what I found seemed to be really appreciated by people when they experience a, light, uh, a loss in their personal life so someone's passed away is, uh, especially in the office, because people are like, what do we do? Like people feel powerless. And then there's always that person in the office. I'm getting a card together. It says in the obituary that, uh, donations would be appreciated towards this cause. It was dear to the family. It was dear to this person. So I'm going to have a big card. I'm going to leave it on here. And there's a manila envelope. And if you want to contribute, go ahead. Mm -hmm. And some people would put money in there. Some people would contribute directly. And even things like if it uh, going to the funeral home uh, for visitation, or I've been to a bunch of funerals in churches, and there's like a couple rows of us, and the person comes in, and, and, you know, they sit down with the family, look around, they see everybody and, you know, maybe they come over and shake hands or they just wave. You might not even end up talking to the person, but just by being there helps them mark the occasion. It shows that you care, that you're there to support them. And it doesn't have, it isn't a solution, as you said. It's just one point in a time where you mark the moment for them and help them just show support for them. Those little things, they seem trivial. But over a series of time when and these types of markers take place, it's very helpful to people. Well, we know that the number one thing for engagement, productivity, retention is this whole idea of a sense of belonging. And uh, belonging includes being seen, uh, being known, and being cared for. Uh, and so this is something that is so powerful. I have been in situations where... Um, someone I work with that I would uh, has lost a parent, and I will show up at the visiting hours, and people are shocked. Mm -hmm. um, and then the whole family is there, and they're just grateful of your acknowledgement of it. You're marking the occasion with them. Marking the occasion with them, and and you might not even know them, but you know your team member. And it's you loud. Know, it's loud. Know the loss that they've experienced. And, and so really is it, it is the human thing to do. And it's also a smart business thing to do because people 
uh, feel connected and supportive in those ways. So I do really think, and I love the second comment, it's more than just a single moment thing too. Um, the best people that I know um, remember um, things like anniversaries of things. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, whether they put it in their calendar or whatever that pops up, um, boy, it's a powerful thing to, uh, being, you know, on the year anniversary or wherever, just to say, Hey, I'm thinking about you today. I'm not really good at this uh, as, as a memory thing. So I have to use technology, um, to remind you, right. I have this thing called Todoist, which I can put in things ahead of time that pops up and because it pops up. Um, it reminds me and just a little note, um, or, a, or a call, especially for those big things that are really important. It really deepens that sense of belonging and connectedness. Yeah. I like that. Now as an employee, there's a couple things we can do to assist. Know what you are feeling when you fail or disappointed. Just acknowledging what, how you're feeling is such a healthy thing. And, uh, as we go through some other points, I think they're all connected, but just acknowledge that, you know, listen. I'm really disappointed. I am angry. I'm angry at this person. I'm angry at the system. And just know, you know, just think about what, who are you angry? What are you angry about? What are you feeling? And that's the first step to, to dealing with this stuff. Yeah. And you know, it starts also uh, if we swing back to the manager, creating a space where folks can actually say that, and you create that by doing it yourself. So we've talked on a number of occasions if you're feeling, even if it's not a loss, but if you're feeling off, if you're feeling grumpy, if there's something that's occurring in your life, the more vulnerable you can be to say, listen, uh, I had a tough weekend, so I'm a little off this week because on the weekend my uncle passed away, and I, I'm just churning about it, so I just want you to know. that People understand that. Right, and it models the behavior that then people feel comfortable sharing the emotions that they're experiencing right now. That's all you need to do, and that's a first step because if you do that, this is powerful. And uh, But don't wait for your manager to say it. This is a great point. You know, like know what you're feeling. And, and, and express what you're feeling, even to just a coworker or someone you feel safe with. And don't lash out. Gain perspective. Be aware your initial reaction might not be the healthiest. Don't bury the feeling, as you said, but be cautious how you act it out. Like, you know, go to that trusted person and say, listen, I'm really angry right now. So, okay, let's go for a coffee and talk about this. We don't want people yelling in the office and yelling at people and stuff. You know, know that you are going to have a reaction to this and just be, you know, Pick the moment to have a good conversation with somebody to start dealing with it. Yeah. I do a lot of work today. I had two, two coaching sessions. And in both coaching sessions, uh, we talked about this uh, idea of understanding your energy and understanding when it's high and when it's really low. That's when bad things happen. And whether you're a leader or an individual team member, uh, I think if you reflect back over your life and if you track this, actually, you will find anytime your energy and emotions are really high or really low, those are times when you need to learn to pause and find a space. And pause might be going up, going for a walk. It might be breathing in and breathing out. It might be connecting with someone really close to you and say, can we just have a chat? Whatever it is, find, know, recognize when you're at those peaks or, or valleys and know whatever comes out of your mouth or the actions are probably not going to be great. No, so they're not going to be healthy. No, not going to be healthy. <laughs> so you got to find ways to kind of just channel things into a different way and to breathe and put things into perspective. So this is a good one. 
and take advantage of any conversation or structure to work out the failure or disappointment. So, you know, all people come up to you, what happened in court, man? Yeah. And you sit and you have that informal discussion. People come around and people love to hear, like, are you okay? What happened? Oh my goodness, that could happen to any of us. Take advantage of that moment. Don't go rushing off. No, I got to go. No, if, if something, if there's a, uh, if there's a impromptu, you know, support session for you, take advantage of it. Take mm-hmm. advantage of it. And most organizations have some formal and some informal opportunities to have discussion. Find what those opportunities are and contribute in a positive way, but in an honest way as well. And talk to someone who can assist you in any with any lingering feelings. So, you know, if if say, you know, Greg, you were my coach during my transition. And we would have ongoing conversations about how I was, you know, how I was feeling and what was going on. And, 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 you know, that helped me manage that situation was, you know, I wasn't talking to a new person every week about what was going on. You knew how I was feeling, what caused it and and where I was and how I was tracking and how I was looking at reality or not. But, you know, I think it helps manage those feelings and what you're going through, if you, there's a certain level of consistency. So if you have a good friend or a good mate at work or whatever it is, it, it, that is such an important relationship. Yeah. And you know, if you happen to be that friend or mate who someone else comes to, really important um, to first just listen. Yeah. And then secondly, the best thing you can do is just ask questions and help them think through it. Don't pile on. I was talking to someone today about um, this person has really good intentions. And when someone comes to them and, and uh, uh, has, a, has an issue or a problem, what they will innately want to do is fix it. So, so one, they- Which often just puts gas on the fire. Puts gas on the fire, exactly. So we talked about that your job is not to fix it. Your job is to create the space and ask the questions for the person to find a pathway out of it themselves. And if you can't do it, then find the resources that can do it themselves because you can inadvertently add gas to the fire when you don't even mean to. And it's it, not and your it, issue. It's no, not your issue. But it becomes your issue too because, you know, the emotions spread back to you and then it kind of captures all over the place. So, yeah, definitely find a person. But if you're that person that they find, um, don't pile the gas on. Create the space, listen, ask questions to help them think through it. Most people know what the answer is. They just need to bounce it off somebody. Right, right. If the issue is a serious one, whether professionally or personally, you can go through a time of grief. Grief is its own thing. It has its own schedule and can show up in so many ways and at the most inconvenient times. Through time and work, we can reach the acceptance phase and begin to make peace with it. It may never leave but we can move on to a, in, into a phase where it is just part of our life. And, you know, just to remind everybody, there's a couple different models of the grief model. There's a seven step and there's a five step. And I think the five step is what most people are most familiar with. It's denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And the goal is always to hit the acceptance stage because that's when you can actually move on with your life. A lot of people, like you say, like to fix things, but if you have experience just such a tremendous loss in your life, that loss will never leave you. It's just managing it. And that's where you have to hit that acceptance stage. And it is so important. And sometimes it takes professional help to do that. Sometimes it takes a a network of close friends or a really good friend. So important that we're aware that grief is its own thing and you can't control it. You have to make peace with it. And it's hard sometimes. 
I agree. And you know what? What I love about this one in particular is that seeking help is so important. And uh, fortunately, I do think the um, stigma around getting professional help is changing. I personally, I agree. I, I agree. personally have accessed counseling before that has been very helpful. Um, uh, and you may not be able to find that through a friend. So find it. Lots of organizations have some kind of entry level through their employee assistance programs. Um, and there are some free services that are online, some virtual services now that are really helpful, um, some groups that are really helpful that have shared experience in loss. Um, the first step is to, is, to, is to actually begin to share it. And, and, there, and knowing, to your point, there is a flow, a process that's studied you have to go through. And you're going to feel all those, sometimes longer, sometimes shorter, of all those steps in the process. But get help, um, seek assistance, um, and you're going to find a big community that's been on, the, on, a, on a similar pathway, not exact, but similar pathway. And through dialogue, through community, that's where you move towards that acceptance. And going through grief just shows how much you cared about whatever that loss was. Mm -hmm. And if you're the person that's supporting somebody, uh, as you say, there's, there's a stigma sometimes around this then that person's job as well, besides to be there, is if there, there appears to be a need that they need to talk to somebody or they're talking about that they would like to talk to somebody, encourage them, quietly encourage them. Do you want me to drive it? Whatever it is, whatever is appropriate to the situation. I think that person that's kind of walking with them, if there's a moment where that's what they want or you think they need, um, encourage them, encourage yeah, them. I agree. And you know what? I was talking to someone in a session this week we were having a conversation, and they had this big aha. They actually had an opportunity to take some time off, and in that time off, one of the big ahas, and they'd gone through a whole bunch of stuff that was impacting. Their big aha was they realized their contribution, how they were showing up, because they felt that they were keeping everything down. But... Um, they were leaking all over the place with regards to their pain yep. and and their reaction. And and it wasn't until they created a little bit of space themselves and they had a caring heart that said, I see, I'm worried about you. Mm. And I see that you're going through it. They didn't even know. They actually thought that I keep everything. And I've learned this in my life. Sometimes I think I'm, I'm keeping everything buried and, and I'm keeping the sunny side face because that's my personality and that type of thing. But it leaks. Everybody knows when I'm in pain. and uh, Even though you're in uh, 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 a glass half full type of guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, but it's, and, and you know what? As soon as I begin to release it and work through it, boy, I show up even better. And marking the moment is important. There is often a place, activity, or ritual will help us reinforce that acceptance. Appreciate what the loss was and maybe a person lost. And to help us move on. And I think there's there's two things. I wasn't going to share it, but I, I guess I am. Uh, on Sunday was my, the second anniversary of my mom's passing. And so my mom was interned in a garden at the church that her and my dad go to. And so uh, my youngest son, I believe, showed up at dawn and, and marked the moment with, with some time there. And I showed up uh, just before noon. And I don't think the church, I don't think there was a service going on. So I, I went there laid some flowers down. I sat down on a bench and I was just sitting there marking the moment. And didn't I know it? But the choir was practicing, so they broke out into song. And it was a really uh, familiar religious song. And so I waited to the end of the song. 
And then I left. It was really like I got a bonus. Like, number one, I went there. It was a very peaceful setting. It was just, it was cool. And then I got this bonus. These this heavenly chorus just started mm. singing. It was kind of cool, right? And I think the other thing, um, I mean, I think that's a very specific incident. But one of the things that you might need to do to mark the moment, especially if the loss was professional, maybe you were let go, maybe you are moved off to somewhere else, maybe you didn't get that promotion. At a certain point, when you reach that acceptance stage, there is another stage. And I think you, Greg, and I, you know, I, th- I think the two of us have talked about this before. And that's called forgiveness. Mm. And we're just saying at a certain point, you just have to say, listen. And you don't even have to say it to the person. But at a certain point, to stop the issue from ruining you inside and ruining your career and maybe your personal life, at a certain point, you just got to give it up. And you got to go, listen, I, I forgive that person for letting me go or not giving me that job or moving me off to the side or whatever that professional thing is. Sometimes you just got to let it go and just got to go, you know what? It happened. And now I'm pretty much okay with it. So I forgive them. That is a powerful statement. And I, you know, I can tell you that, uh, through my, um, my, uh, last situation, I, you know, again, I was seemingly positive. Um, I, uh, I, uh, uh, but I was deep down, I was, I was angry and I was frustrated. I felt things were unfair and it was, it took me a long time to get to a place where I began to recognize my piece in the journey. Um, and then it allowed me to kind of step back and widen the lens and recognizing that, uh, the, the evidence was not as strong on, <laughs> on, on their piece. And, and so part of it was there was still stuff for sure, but it was a, there's always a number of things around it. And that forgiveness came into place. And, uh, you know, I haven't actually um, uh, uh, formally, quote, forgiven, but, but I've definitely verbally and, uh, and in my heart let that go. And it was freeing. And, and, and then I started to see even more things because yeah. we do get blinded by the moment and by the pain in the moment. And uh, so I think that's powerful, that forgiveness piece. And I, you know, when it comes to forgiveness, not necessarily is it appropriate to go back to your old boss from 16 years ago and say, dude, I forgive you for letting me go. But it is so important internally that you forgive them. I agree. It may not be appropriate for the the situation for you to go back and talk to somebody, but it certainly is very important that you do that walk inside of yourself. Yeah, perfect. I agree 100%. Wrap up, Greg. Yeah, I just think um, uh, the key for me is that there's a lot of pain right now and there's a lot of loss and there's a lot of grief and job. I mean, you see it every day. There's more people being lost. I was on LinkedIn today. Someone, I, they had worked for HP and HP uh, all of a sudden they, for a long number of years uh, and was let go surprised and you could feel the pain. Um, so there's a lot of stuff that's happening right now and combined with COVID and all that type of thing. So as, as, as uh, individuals, first of all, it's just um, recognizing that pain is real um, and acknowledge what you're feeling and find some pathways to share it, get support, and, and, uh, and move through it um, uh, to the other side, which takes time. As leaders, it comes down to what we say on every podcast. It's know your people. Uh, aw- be aware of what's going on and create the space uh, for people to know that they belong, that you care, 
and and help uh, and uh, support them in their journey journey through it. Um, but it's here and it's at massive levels and it makes it very hard and complicated. Um, but just being present and being caring and being supportive are, are critical ways to help folks more quickly move through that cycle, uh, which will return them to more healthy, more fully contributing to your, your organization. Yeah, I like what you said earlier. There's no, uh, there's no fix for this, no instant fix to this. Mm-hmm. And so it comes down to marking the moment maybe multiple times, just being there for people, creating that that atmosphere where they feel comfortable and, and just walk with people as they go through stuff. Um, and, and sometimes the recovery is fairly quickly. Sometimes it's a, a longer-term thing. But it is important for the individual to mark those moments and also for you know the boss and maybe the company to mark these things as well. Acknowledging things mm-hmm. and creating a space where people can deal with stuff is very healthy, and it's really what you want to do. None of us can afford to lose good people right now. Mm-hmm. We really can't. And you know, as as you know, just as people, it's important that we support one another. And and just having a conversation, you know, being there, being available, uh, really, really important. And if you're that person in that spot, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. It's a journey. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, buckle up. Uh, there's some people you can talk to. So there's some things you can do. But don't shy away from it. You just have to mark the moment. Yep, agreed. So listen, we hope that some of what we have spoken about you find helpful. We hope that you didn't find anything we spoke of offensive or made you angry. And I think, Greg, if if somebody is going through a hard time right now, make sure you reach out to the resources that are around you and the people that are around you. It's just, I I just hate to think that somebody's sitting there suffering and and just all chewed up inside and Mm -hmm. and having a hard time. So Mm -hmm. please reach out to somebody if you're in that situation. Yeah, I agree. Um, your philosophy, I think. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Early on in my coaching experience, my coach said that there are things in every conversation that are going to bring you joy and things that are going to create churn inside, uh, maybe get you a little peeved off. And and um, I'm not sure we had both of these in this, but still there might be things that are really just feeling kind of crunchy after this conversation. And, and uh, even though those crunchy things there is learning that can happen. I always say that, boy, it's actually in the crunchiness and even in the sorrow and the grief where there's powerful things to learn and grow. So uh, we, we, we hope in this session that if you did feel a little an- anxious and a little crunchiness, um, that, that we hope you take that and reflect upon it and learn from it. And we also hope that there's some joy, that there's some things that we shared that you are uh, doing to support yourself and others in this really important topic. And if you're a manager or a leader that's dealing with a situation with the people, maybe a colleague or the people that work for you, you know, like you and I, we can have a conversation about anything. I, I hope that those people, you know, take advantage of, of, of the relationships they have as a leader, or as a manager and, and talk to, you know, especially if you don't have skill sets in this area or you have no experience or you're just not wired that way. It's really important to go and talk to somebody and say, listen, how do I help this person? What do I do? I agree. I agree. Don't try to do it on your own. Shut up. Sounds great. So I got three. Oh, and I'd like to clarify something. I think Armstrong is actually near North Bay, not Thunder Bay, the one that we mentioned ah, last week. okay. I think I might be incorrect, but I, it's the same conversation, just a different name. Right. Sounds good. So I got three. Yes. I don't think we've said them yet. Phoenix, Arizona? Have not. I don't believe so. There we Welcome, go. Phoenix. Welcome to the club. I just like saying this place. Moose Jaw. 
Moose Jaw. Saskatchewan. Yes, yes. I've been to Moose Jaw. It's a great, great spot yeah. uh, right on the prairies. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the club as well. And I don't think we've said this other one, and it's showing up a fair bit. Milton, Ontario. Milton. Well, that's close to us here. So Just north a, of us? A little bit of a stone's throw away, but uh, uh, glad we're... Not that we're saying you should throw stones at No, anybody. no. That's right. That's right. But it's nice that we're having local uh, folks listen as well as people from far away. Yeah, uh, over the last 10 days or so, we have experienced a huge amount of downloads. It calmed down yesterday, so we're kind of back down. But yeah, we, we gained a lot of uh, downloads in the last, say, 10 days, like like thousands and thousands. Well, you know what? I think one of the things that we're, we're reading about is that with podcasts, and I'm finding myself too, as people are returning to some kind of commuting, as people are, are uh, returning to the office, the actual people are um, really leveraging uh, podcasts in those uh, commutes in order to kind of uh, slow and we're down. we're perfect for that. Perfect timing for those commutes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think that's great. And uh, um, it gives us the space to learn and grow uh, as we're in, the, in, in traffic. Okay, folks, I'm done. Are you good? I'm done. Okay. Uh, remember, people matter. Take the time with the people you work with. They're an important part of your job, your success, or your failure. Talk to you next time. Take care.